0: Good afternoon, church. I greet you in the name of the risen Lord. It is good to be back with you. We were in a season, of course, where we were uh, emailing devotions out, but I felt very led by the Spirit uh, to begin a new season in this Easter season where I am previewing uh, the Scripture and sermon that I will preach Uh, For the up and coming Sunday. So I I, want to do this for a time uh, so that you know what I'm preaching about and I want to hit the highlights of the scripture that I'll be preaching from. Uh, That's a great way just to engage the scripture. Uh, beforehand it helps me uh, personally too as I share some ideas and some insight I, I hope and pray that it will help you as well to prepare yourself uh, let me uh, let me just put the Easter challenge back on you again please bring your Bible if you were able to come to church both in the 815 and 1030 worship services that's a great way in which we all can uh, engage the Word of God take notes Highlight, circle, star uh, the word so that we can go back to it and, and really get into it and, and dig deep. So, uh, without any further ado, let me offer a word of prayer for us and then we'll go right into the text. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, uh, what a blessing it is to be in this Easter season, oh God, to walk with the risen Lord, to encounter jesus in a new way in a real way lord just pour your grace lord upon this midweek manna and for those who watch it pour your grace lord upon benton methodist church glory be to your name always the king is risen in jesus we pray amen and amen so uh, church i am going to be uh, reading from and preaching from Luke's Gospel uh, for this week, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 35 13 through 35 of the 24th chapter of the gospel of Luke this this is going to be a familiar text it's a text that uh, I haven't preached from in a long while it's the road to Emmaus so very uh, much looking forward to getting getting into uh, this scripture so uh, let me uh, read it, and then I'll then I'll share some some insights here, beginning with verse thirteen. Please please follow along as well. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all of the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happen there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, "...the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all of the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we are hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened." Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. And then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all of the prophets that have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 28, Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. thanks be to god amen and amen so a, a couple of couple of things I wanted to mention this afternoon, church that uh, I uh, I found it interesting in, in doing my own self study that I wanted to share with you. Uh, let me let me go to verse 13 for a minute here. It says, "Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem." Okay, so we've we've got a community a, a village that is uh, close by that uh, they are uh, traveling to these. Uh, two disciples. One is named, the other is not. The one that is named is, is Cleopas. Okay, so it mentions here, it gives specific detail uh, to uh, a name of that village, and, and, and any time a a name or a, a person's name, rather, or a, a village, a community is named. That always interests me, so I, I'm going to I want to know more about it, the meaning behind it, the Hebrew uh, behind it. So just, just to let you know, I, I found this interesting. The word Emmaus, uh, which, by the way, um, is a very uh, popular uh, word in not only Methodist, churches, uh, United Methodist churches, uh, but also a very ecumenical ministry, a a movement that happened many decades ago as a way of deepening a believer's faith, but also allowing, encouraging, empowering a believer to um, deepen their walk with Jesus and get more involved in the local church, the Emmaus Community. There's also uh, another community called the Cursio community that has uh, that same vision. Well, I, I, I begin to kind of reflect on my own Emmaus uh, journey. Maybe you've been on uh, that, that walk as well. But the name Emmaus, the name Emmaus in Hebrew means literally a hot bath. Or a hot spring. Found that interesting. Okay, uh, in in my further study, uh, you, you can kind of take that to a to a to a different spiritual level and say that Emmaus, in fact, is a spring of salvation, what, what, which I think is very very interesting, given given that. In this text, of course, Jesus has risen. This is the third day. The scriptures have documented um, texts that Jesus had these resurrection uh, occurrences, encounters with the with the believers after uh, he rose. This is one of them. So, so this idea of a of a spring of salvation very much directly points to Jesus and, and his resurrection. And those, of course, as Scripture says, who believes in him will have that spring of salvation, that eternal life. So I wanted to mention that about about Emmaus, water. Think, think, of, think of water, think of that as being a, a pouring forth. Uh, of of salvation there, so they are on this village um, that uh, that is that is recognized as a as a hot spring or bath, springing forth salvation, very close to Jerusalem, uh, and they talk together uh, of all of these things which had happened, which at that point it was the death and. The resurrection of jesus christ so they're they're conversing about that verse 15 so it was while they conversed and reasoned that jesus himself drew near and went with them now watch this verse 16 but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him there it is again uh, in uh, John's Gospel, when Mary sees Jesus, she doesn't see Jesus for who He is. In fact, Scripture says uh, she thinks He's the gardener. Right. So again, her eyes are restrained. So I want to I, I want to stop there just for a moment and uh, share share something that 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 I think will give us insight as to why. They are not seeing Jesus as the resurrected Christ. But let me me go a little bit further here. Verse 17, and this gives us some insight. And he said to them, this is Jesus, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk, here it is, and are sad? Okay. So one of the commentaries says that, of course, you know, just just imagine the moment here. They they don't know, as you and I know, as believers, that um, this this is the the resurrection story. It's still very very new, as it is happening in real time for them. So they are sad. Well, one of the the commentaries says that that they're sad because they they're still skeptical. You see about. What happened. So they're not fully believing. Hey, Jesus has risen. In fact, so they're overwhelmed, rightfully so, with anguish, with hurt, um, uh, with pain of of losing their friend, their teacher, their their Lord. Um, so uh, I I think you can put Mary certainly in that category. Cleopas, this other unnamed disciple, that, of course, the reason why they are sad is they're still yet to fully process and comprehend that Jesus, in fact, is alive. So, therefore, their eyes are restrained because they're still overwhelmed with skepticism. If it was new, if you didn't know it was coming, I I think... Human nature would take over, human logic would take over uh, before uh, fully realizing the gospel truth of what has happened, and that is Jesus, Jesus rose. So it, it makes sense then that these disciples did not recognize Jesus in his resurrected form. So they they continue to have this conversation uh, about about what is what is going on. I'll pick up for instance with verse 25 and then he said to them, "Oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe there you go in all that the prophets have spoken." So Jesus is simply saying, "Hey, look, you know what was prophesied beforehand now is being made real." You know, why why aren't you hearing this? Why aren't you believing this? So he he says this himself. Uh, verse 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? This was coming. My death, Jesus saying, uh, my resurrection, Th- this was all written. I came to fulfill the scriptures. And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, then he expounded to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. So in his resurrected form, he's saying this is how uh, God um, uh, wanted it to be. This was his perfect will to be done. Now in my resurrected form, I'm making it clear. To you. And then it goes on in verse 28 to talk about how the disciples' eyes were opened. And how were their eyes opened fully? Well, it, it mentions about the sacrament. So, for instance, in verse 30, it says, Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened no longer restrained you see um, it, 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 it made sense to them in the sacrament of um, of the bread of the body and of the cup of the, of the, of the, of the blood of, of life um, so that for these disciples kind of remove the scales from their eyes For Jesus and Mary, he said her name and she recognized him. In this case, it was through the sacrament of communion. Found that very interesting. Then their eyes were open and they knew him, and then he vanished from their sight. So, verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the Scriptures to us? Explaining it, uh, making sense of it so that they understand Jesus came to fulfill them the Scriptures. Verse 33. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They returned to Jerusalem. And that's gonna be my focal point. I, I I wanna I wanna take take that text right there about returning to Jerusalem. Um, there's some lessons there that, that they that they learn. There's some lessons there as we travel our own road called life. And look, let me just confess to you your your preacher is directionally challenged i always have been i've always struggled uh, struggled reading a map uh, i, I <laughs> so um gps has not helped that at all as a matter of fact that that has probably made me l- l- less uh, so in uh, in being able to to decipher directions so i say all of that to say i've been down the wrong road uh, literally many a time many a time and i'm sure that you have too so as we travel this road called life what are lessons as we travel this road maybe one of those lessons is we're going the wrong way did you hear that We're going the wrong way down this road. We need to turn around. We need to go in another direction as well. So that's where I want to go with this sermon. Uh, I'm looking forward to preaching from this text, um, and uh, it will be a blessing uh, being able to preach from it, uh, and and you hearing it. Uh, let me uh, let me close with prayer, but let let me let me ask uh, you to please uh, join me uh, in prayer, particularly this Sunday afternoon around the three o'clock hour. Our sister church, uh, First Methodist Shreveport, is taking their own church vote to disaffiliate. Okay, uh, they need our prayer. Okay, Uh, looking back, certainly in hindsight, church, I want you to know uh, that for our body of believers, disaffiliating, voting to disaffiliate was the right thing for us to do. Okay, that was the right thing for us to do. Many churches now are coming to that point where they too are in the process of going through the discernment process and taking their own vote. I I can tell you I, I got news that the current bishop now of the Conference of Louisiana is going to have a special session of the annual conference in late May to again address this very issue of disaffiliation before they have their annual conference so we are done that chapter is done for us so we are now an independent church but we do have sister churches of course going through that process now one of those is first methodist in shreveport so please keep keep that body of believers uh, in prayer Uh, join me in doing that. Okay, well with all of that said, we will continue next week with uh, a preview of the scriptures and we will take this on for uh, a season or two uh, it helps me and i hope there's benefit for for you as well lastly bring your bibles to church please come sunday and we'll we'll get into the word together let me pray for us please heavenly father in the name of jesus christ oh god we put prayer lord to everything that we do as believers lord our faith commitment lord uh, is absolutely unnecessary. Because, Lord, it has eternal value to it. So, bless Benton Methodist Church, Lord, as we faithfully, Lord, preach and hear and uh, abide by, Lord, your word. For uh, that great hymn, I think about that great hymn where it says, to trust and obey, for there's no other way. Than to trust in Jesus we must trust and obey Lord it starts right there for us you are a, a, a glorious and loving and awesome God we give you the praise and the glory Jesus is risen glory hallelujah amen church have a blessed day take care